Hola, this is Enrique Morones of Gente Unida, and we have another podcast of Buen Hombre, Magnificent Mujer. And as always, we have a really spectacular person that's going to be joining us. He is a buen hombre and a good friend, a member of the Board of Directors of Gente Unida, and very possibly the president. We haven't voted on that yet, but I'm talking about none other than Juan Rosas. He's in San Bernardino with a beautiful backdrop. So Juan, welcome to Gente Unida on behalf of our producer, Sarah Bella, and your host, Enrique Morones. Thank you. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure um, uh, to be here and be part of this uh, podcast for Gente Unida. Yes, we're very excited. So I know you've heard some of other, other podcasts, and my first question is, who is you know, the person that we're interviewing, in this case, you? So who is Juan Rosas? Uh, first and foremost, um, you know, who am I? I'm, I am a, I'm a husband and a father. Um, a husband to, to my beautiful wife, Yadira Ortiz. And, we, and our three kids, you know, David, Elena, and, and Julian. Um, aside from that, you know, I'm, I'm also a teacher. I just completed my 23rd years uh, in education teaching anywhere between elementary, um, all the way up to, to 12th grade uh, high school and some college as well. Um, aside from that, you know, I'm a, a part of my uh, community uh, with, you know, different, different organizations that we collaborate with. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm proud, proud of helping out our, our gente out here in the community and, and as well as um, across the border in Baja. And speaking of across the border in Baja, you're a Cachanilla. I am. I was born in Mexicali. Um, do not remember living there. I've been living here in the States since I was uh, about a year and a half. Um, but my, you know, I've, my roots have always been, you know, there in Mexicali. I've always gone back um, ever since we were, were able to go back. Um, but yeah, I do have my roots in Mexicali, Michoacan, and Sonora. All right. Yeah, beautiful parts of the world. And, and Juan, you were mentioning about teaching. Uh, ESL, English as a Second Language, is that the majority of your teaching? Or, or like what grades are you teaching and what do you teach? Currently, I, uh, the, I'm teaching elementary. I've been doing that for the past six years. Um, and uh, the the main focus at the school the school that I am that I'm at is is the uh, is our is the school with the most English learners in our school district in Rialto Unified. Um, most like I say, most of our students are English learners, uh, not just coming from Spanish speaking countries, but also um, from the Philippines. Uh, we have a couple of students from Indonesia as well. And and so our our school is one of one of four in the district that te that is a uh, dual language immersion school, focusing on Spanish um, as the second language, uh, you know, followed by English. You know, teaching them, be, be, um, helping students become biliterate, um, both in English and Spanish, by the time that they graduate from high school. Um, currently, this past month, I was teaching English as a second language to uh, as a summer school program um, for in a total, a total of 26 students from different parts 
uh, of Central America, Mexico, Ecuador, Colombia, and Indonesia as well. When you're talking to the people, like the, the majority that you just mentioned that are from Spanish-speaking countries, do you ever have situations where you have a word that you, like me, are Mexican? So in, in, in Mexico, we understand exactly, you know, if it's a slang word. But maybe in Colombia or, or someplace else in Latin America, that makes no sense. Uh, do you ever have that situation when you use some sort of a phrase and they go, what are you talking about? There, um, I think I had it the other way around. I had students asking me uh, certain things. Uh, for example, student, uh, I had the one student from Ecuador. He was asking me certain things and I had to look it up because I was not sure what that meant in Spanish. Uh, or uh, or in his uh, or in his country, um, one of the uh, the word I cannot think of right now that they used was um, was the word for homework. Where where in Spanish, where I'm accustomed to using tarea, you know tarea, which means homework. But he was using um, a different word um, in Spanish that I, I had to look it up, and and then I rephrased it back to him in you know in the same vocabulary word that he used to make sure, you know, that, that I understood what, what he said. But um, in this case, you know, it was the other way around. It was not um, him not understanding, but it was me being, you know, being taught, you know, by him a new, a new vocabulary word. Yeah, those idioms, those types of situations can be dangerous at times. They can be humorous at times. As you know, I was in Costa Rica this past summer, and I was talking to somebody on the bus, and I was talking about that. He said something, and I go, you know, what does that mean? In, in Mexico, it, it means something totally different. Anyways, um, so, so we discussed this. We discussed how beautiful our language is and how there's different uh, slang words in different languages. So as we talked about this, all of a sudden we pulled up to a stop, and he pointed out the window, window and he knows I'm very sensitive to diversity issues. And he says, mira esos mamones. You know, look at those mamones. And as you know, mamones in Spanish from Mexico means like dummies or something like that. So I got kind of mad. I go, how can you call those people mamones? And he did it on purpose. He goes, I'm not talking about the people. In Costa Rica, mamones is a type of fruit. He was talking about the tree there that had some mamones, some, some fruits hanging from it. And he did it joking around. And so we laughed and I go, yeah, it could be dangerous. You know, those types of things could be dangerous. And before we get into a little bit more about your many activities, Juan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your beautiful wife and the many activities that Yadira is doing? Because we just had a big success. It's not a final action, but the situation with DACA and so forth. So tell us a little bit about Yadira's work. Sure. Um, <clears throat> Yadira, uh, my wife, she is the executive director for PH Dreamers. Uh, this is a nonprofit organization uh, who, uh, what she does is she helps find resources, she advocates as, um, as well. Um, for undocumented students, most of these students have DACA that are in the medical field. And- um, What's DACA? DACA, the, the, the deferred actions- um, Childhood arrivals. Childhood arrivals. Um, this, you know, this is uh, one of the um, uh, laws that was, that was given or that was passed under the Obama administration, you know, to allow undocumented students to, to be able to work here in the United States. And so currently the Trump administration had, had been trying to get rid of it. Um, they stopped allowing 
I believe it was back in November, um, they, or September of uh, 19, they stopped allowing people to, re to apply to it. Uh, as for now, they can only reapply for those already that, are, that have DACA. And just recently, a, a judge said that, um, um, that the process of DACA should continue after it had been halted for, for the last almost four or five months. So that was right. actually a big win um, uh, for those that have DACA and as well as for my, uh, my wife's organization because most of those um, people that she helps have, are, have DACA. Uh, another great thing is that, you know, what she, aside from what she does, you know, her bosses are themselves, you know, undocumented doctors now. And so it is um, great um, to have that because, you know, we, we keep hearing, you know, we, that, that um, you know, that, you know, we keep hearing in the news, especially from this administration that, you know, we, that the undocumented community does not contribute, but here we have, you know, her bosses, you know, contributing to, um, to the U.S., you know, they're doctors, they're helping out, they're, they're paying their taxes as well. <clears throat> That's right. So, so the work that your, your wife is doing, she's working with these undocumented uh, people that are studying to be doctors. That's unbelievable because I think a lot of times when people think about the undocumented community, they don't realize that they come in all fields. You know, there's doctors and engineers and architects. And yes, there's the person that works in the field. And all are essential, you know, essential. They're all very valuable people, but these are the people, as far as education goes, at the very top of their field. They're going to be doctors. Uh, they're definitely essential workers, and so so she helps them. She she has this this organization, and I know that we were working on having a retreat uh, at 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 one of Cesar Chavez's sons' uh, programs, Paul Chavez. And we were going to have a retreat, which I know will happen in the future, but because of the situation with the virus, that's been postponed. But everybody must have been thrilled when they heard the news that, at least for now, because it's not permanent, um, you know, they can continue, they can reapply for DACA, and they're safe, at least for now. And it only emphasizes how much of an importance it is that we vote in November. we got to vote in November to make sure that... Uh, that 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 becomes a permanent situation, not just temporary. Yeah, and it's not and it's not just our you know we're not just voting for ourselves and to make a change in in um you know in, in the president, but also you know we're voting for those people who cannot vote. You know we're standing up for them for them as well. You know, uh, for example, these people that that have DACA, the, the undocumented people. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe the the next president has. I, you know, better ideas and, and is willing to give that lending hand and that next step or that possible um, pathway to citizenship. I agree. And I believe that when, that eventually we will have a, a Latino, Latina president, I believe it'll be a Latina. And I think it'll be sooner than later. And I, uh, people my age, I'm, you know, I'm a lot older than you and Yadira, we blew it. We blew it. And it's the young people, the young people that are really what gives me hope, you know, that gives me hope for a better future. And uh, one of the things that you've also been very active in, because when, before in the past, when both of us were with, uh, actively involved with Border Angels, uh, you were in charge of the Border Angels day labor outreach across the country. And now you're doing that same role for Gente Unida. So tell us a little bit about that. What is day labor outreach? And yeah, the day labor outreach, um, <clears throat> 
we hold this every uh, first Saturday of the month, this past month, because of what had been going on with, uh, with you know, with, with, with what happened with George Floyd and all the marches going on with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, we, we postponed it, but beginning in August, again, we'll, we'll be back at it. So the, the, the day labor outreach, what we do, we usually make a call for the community and we, for men's clothing, especially men's clothing, because most of our laborers, these are mostly men that are looking for jobs outside of a local Home Depot. And so we ask for jeans or, or shirts um, and, and as well as socks. And what we do is <clears throat> that day, uh, we, we do it as a family here. We usually have our, our oldest our oldest child, my wife and myself, we get up early on Saturday and <clears throat> we go to our local panaderia bakery store here and we buy about anywhere between 40 to 60 uh, bolillos to make tortas, you know, sandwiches. And we make them in the morning, early morning. We make anywhere between 40 to 60 sandwiches. Uh, we put them in bags with a bottle of water, a fruit, a snack, and, and we head out. In, uh, beginning at 8 a.m. to one of our local Home Depots. Uh, we, we also have volunteers that do come out. One of our volunteers that has been very active with us is Lean Creations. <clears throat> this is um, a company that does meal preps. And our friends, they've been very kind to come out and donate any, anywhere between 40 to 50 um, or 60 breakfasts um, that they make that morning as well. So, you know, the, the laborers, you know, it's twofold. You know, they get a warm breakfast and they also get a lunch to go. Um, that day, as far as clothing, if we have any, we also hand out resources. Um, uh, for example, Know Your Rights cards that are both in English and Spanish. Uh, we also hand out local medical resources uh, that are free to low cost, which are medical, dental, and mental services. Um, along with that brochure that we give them is a are the Mexican and, and the Guatemalan consulates, which are our nearby consulates here, and law law offices um, that we that we've um, allied with, and they are willing to help. Um, you know, and at least uh, for a free consultation, and then from there, you know, they go on to whatever their needs are. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and, and any, you know, the volunteers that we get out here depends, you know, sometimes we have one, sometimes we have, we've had up to 22 at, at, at a time. Most of the, the volunteers that we, that we get um, are, are people from our local colleges and universities, whether it's from our, our um, San Bernardino Valley College uh, or Cal State San Bernardino, Redlands University as well. Um, UCR, UC Riverside, and you know, we've had um, different um, people come out here. Um, and we've even had uh, the, um, the Pomona Labor Coalition come out here. Um, Pomona is, we're about 30 miles from Pomona. Uh, and uh, we're in San Bernardino, County, San Bernardino County, Pomona is in LA County, but we've had a representative come out here and do, uh, um, and give our laborers, um, Whomever they, whoever, whoever wish, voluntarily IDs, identification card that that identifies them as a day laborer for that area. That way, you know, uh, if 
<clears throat> law enforcement or anyone would come and, and harass them, um, they can always show them their ID, um, letting them know, hey, we're only here, you know, we're only here, um, we're not causing any any trouble, we're, we're here as a labor union. Um, and so that's been, it's been great so far. I believe the, the last time I heard there was about 40, 40 of the gentlemen that had received their IDs. Um, so they, the way it works is they go, a rep goes and they help, we also help them, you know, they fill out the, the application and within seven to 10 days, they come back and they hand those out. You know, it's not like you mail them to, to their home address. We actually hand it, hand it to them personally. That way we know that we, that they received it. And they it empowers, that. it empowers them too. You know, it's, they belong, they're not just there on their own. They actually belong to, to an organization that can back them up in case they are, they get into trouble. Or there are or other situations that might come up. It can be a positive situation and they want to include others. You're doing outstanding work and you've been doing outstanding work for a long time. One of the things that we're evaluating is the Home Depot situation. Uh, I was very much involved in uh, le leading the efforts to get rid of Lou Dobbs from CNN uh, because of his racist points of view. And we were very successful. We were able to get a coalition together Hento uh, Nida, this is back in the, the, the actual action, took place in 2009. That's when CNN resigned Lou Dobbs because we got other people involved and so forth. Well, um, one of the persons that was working side by side with me is a young man from El Salvador. His name is Roberto Lovato. And uh, recently I reached out to him and I said, hey, Roberto, um, you know, I've been getting information about these organizations that we should boycott. And one of them is Home Depot because the owner is a Trump supporter and he's donating a lot of money and so on and so forth. And I said, the community needs to know about that. The community needs to know about that. So we're looking at some of these situations where we that are involved with the day laborers, and I've been doing this day labor outreach for 34 years now. And now we're looking at the Lowe's, supporting the Lowe's stores that you know, sell the same types of things. So those are issues that we wanna be sensitive about. We'll be talking about those things. And don't forget that uh, on a recent trip up to San Bernardino with the Home Depot out or, or the day labor outreach that you lead there, uh, we had two dear friends of us, of ours that came up there, Mario Torero and Sarah Bella. And they both painted on the back of a uh, one of the day laborers, the Hendonita logo with the sign. And I remember how excited that person was to meet Mario and Sarah, to see the painting on the side of his truck. And he's a guy that drives around telling people that he can haul things for you and, and he does day labor. So for them to feel included, for them to be treated with respect, for them to, to have a card that identifies them as part of this, this organization is very powerful. And you see it in their face when, when you talk to them, the gratefulness that they have. And another thing about Sarah that's very important, uh, Juan, that food packaging, you need to talk to her because she does She's always uh, very much uh, oriented as far as health food and stuff. So there might be some sort of a collaboration there. So that's something I recommend that you talk to her uh, in the near future about. One thing about uh, August, when August comes around, we've never stopped the day labor outreach, as you know. I mean, there might be a Saturday that we have to move things around. And we've never stopped our caravans of love. Uh, of late, the caravans have been maybe one car or two cars or three cars, et cetera. But we are planning one again at the beginning of August, and I'll give you the information as we have more information. 
because a lot of it depends on if it's going to be open to be able to cross into Tijuana. You and Adi and I were able to do that a few weeks ago, and everything was fine. But things could change. You know, they might have the CBP people there checking people as they go in. We should be able to go in anyways because it's essential what we're doing, bringing supplies, teaching the kids dance, therapy, uh, music, etc., art. So we'll see what happens. But it's very, very important that we continue with our efforts because if there's a group of people that have been social distance already for a long time, a lot, a lot of times it's the uh, undocumented community that are here because they want to have a better life, just like all of us do, just like all of our parents wanted for us. And it's very important that we continue with that story. And just, just uh, this, this past week, I was talking to somebody about how faith has played a key role in making who I am. And I know that faith has played a key role in making who you are. How about sharing with us a little bit about your past and how you thought about maybe following that religious path in a more direct manner at one time? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was, uh, before becoming a teacher, I was, um, my undergrad, I, I did my undergrad in a seminary, in a Catholic seminary. I was there for five years studying to be a priest. Um, I'd always been, since, since I was a kid, I, I'd always been involved at church with, uh, you know, as an altar server, then as a catechist, uh, as a part of the youth program. And, you know, there, there was always something there. And um, I never thought about the seminary. I was set to go into Cal Poly Pomona study, to study engineer. And uh, before uh, graduating from high school, I had a nun come up to me and, and you know, I got invited to a, a vocation discernment meeting at my church in LA. And she told me after our meeting, she go, oh, you're going to be a priest. I go, no. <laughs> and I just sat, told her no straight out. And two weeks later, I called the, the pastor of the church um, who happened to eventually... Um, uh, was a really, really good friend of mine, passed away a couple of years ago. And so I spoke to him, like, you know what? Father Gabe, uh, I go, I, I'll give it a try. And I, and I was there for five years. Uh, and I never have regretted, you know, the education that I received there. I thought it's been the best education that I've had from St. John's Seminary College. Um, you know, I was there for five years. I, I had my undergrad uh, in Spanish philosophy and psychology. And when I left, I left under a leave of absence after uh, graduating from uh, the undergrad college and I started teaching. And so, and I never went back. I mean, I um, eventually got married um, <clears throat> and, uh, and it's been, you know, I, I've, I mean, it's been, it's been great. I mean, it's, and I blame, I, I don't want to blame it in a negative way, but, you know, I, I think that was part of the foundation that has kept me in, uh, in, um, in helping out in, the, in my community. Since before I even thought about or heard about Border Angels or, or Gente Unida in this case, you know, um, but it's been something that has been, you know, implanted in me, you know, it's, I've always been in, you know, inclined to helping people. And so, you know, I think that's been, that's been a very, you know, important part of my life. And it's reflected in your lifestyle and in the way that you talk to people and in your organizing skills. 
because you're very focused and it's sincere. One of the things that I've learned, especially of late, is that things aren't always the way they seem. You know, you talk to people and be very careful when people say, oh, you're my brother, I love, you know, you're going, well, it's not the words, it's the actions. And you've done everything through actions. Be very careful. If somebody says they want to be a millionaire, going, that is not a person for a human rights organization. Because we want to be a person that shares love, that has servant leadership, that regardless if they're a religious person or not, has the faith in their fellow human being and the actions of a, of, of a practicing love through actions, not just words. And you've always exemplified that. And one of the things that I think is really exciting is that we're all involved in the ground floor of Gente Unida as a nonprofit. Because Gente Unida has been around for a long time. I started it back in 2005, but it was kind of a backup uh, the situation back then focused on, of course, exposing what was going on back then, way back in 2005. We should get out of Iraq and, and what's going on in Washington, D.C. and this news station that's promoting hate, Fox News, and, 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 and the, the vigilantes with guns on the board of the Minutemen. That's the foundation of Gentonida. But now we're a 501c3. Now we're a nonprofit. And to have this foundation and to be on the ground floor is very, very important. And we got an incredible board. As you know, Adi, you know, with her dance therapy and, and, and the newcomers like Ugo with a, you know, a lifetime of human rights activity. Uh, Jesus, whom I don't think you've known yet or met yet, who's a documentarian from Spain, also devoted to human rights. Erika, she's so enthusiastic. When we had our board meeting, you could just see that enthusiasm from her. And of course, her story went viral when she, that picture came out of her in the graduation gown. Um, in the strawberry fields. Nicole Ramos, you know, her work as an asylum attorney. Josefina Lopez, legendary film director. It's been incredible. It's been incredible. You, it's been incredible. It's like an all-star lineup of human rights activists, and it's going to continue to grow. And uh, so, so what do you see as the vision for Gente Unida as we grow, especially in this time that we are facing right now, when I talk about this time, we're talking about two viruses that are prevalent in society. One is COVID and the other is racism. What do you see as uh, the vision of, of Gente Unida? Uh, the vision, right now, the vision of Gente Unida that I see is that, you know, we need to, uh, well, one, you know, we got to take, take care of that COVID. We got to take care of ourselves first. Um, because if we, if we cannot, if we're not healthy, if we're not, you know, feeling well, we cannot be, we shouldn't be out there, first of all, in, the, in society trying to, to help others when, when we are unhealthy. Uh, it's got to be, be us first. Uh, second, you know, yeah, we got we to battle right now. We have a battle with, with this um, virus, you know, current virus that we have in, in in our government and we need to with you know especially with racism and what i see with with gente unida is we is that you know you just mentioned you know we have an all-star an all-star um board to to begin with and with that all-star board i think you know we can do a lot with our um different connections that we may have out there in in, in the communities um we i mean uh, on our end, I can only speak for myself. I know 
um, you know, that both Yadira and I, we've been out in, in the community, whether it's in, um, with the immigration task force of our local congressmen out here, you know, and, and where we've been meeting just to keep updated as to what, what is it that him and part of his team is doing <clears throat> in Congress, you know, to pass laws. You know, he, he keeps us updated um, with that. He, um, you know, uh, months ago he was there, you know, talking to us about the budget that this president wanted and what, how is it that, you know, they might go by as far as, you know, not giving him everything, but there's gotta be some leeway, for example. You know, you can't just keep feeding the virus in this case. Um, but, you know, we, we all have connections. You know, Adi, you know, I, I mean, I, I had just met Adi a um, couple weeks ago for the first time. And um, her presence, when I, that one thing that I noticed was the presence that she had with the community when we were in, in Playas, in Tijuana, you know, very welcomed, very, uh, warm heart that you know that the people just accepted without even knowing her perhaps um <clears throat> uh, Ugo, i know Ugo, i've been i've known Ugo for a couple years now and and the work that he does with the community um there and and the, and the amount of people that are that um have supported him with the the caravans that he has led from from san diego into tijuana you know there it's 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 massive you know as far as the amount of people that that um that, that help him out and same thing with nicole ramos i mean she's been she's been around for a while as a um as an asylum um as an attorney for asylum uh people that are in asylum um detention centers and so she's been doing a, a lot you know her her and her organization that she works with um you know they've been doing a lot and so it's been even though she may a lot of people may not know her or have heard of from her, you know, um, we've heard, we've heard of her organization, and we know that they have done a lot for for those uh, for the asylum seekers. And so, you know, it's it's a good team. You know, we've been attacking racism, you know, from different uh, different ways. Whether it might be by supporting it through a post, you know, one thing I learned is one, you know, you can post anything, but if you're not doing anything or being out in the community, you know. It, might as well not post it, you know. Um, like you said, you know, it does take action. You know, it's, it does take action. You know, it's different than just saying, oh, I support Black Lives Matter and just sit and do nothing about it. But when you're out there and uh, with, uh, whether it's in a march or whether it's, you know, um, speaking about it, you know, it's a different story. And I think, you know, we are heading in, we are and we have been heading in that in that direction, you know, um, with battling racism. <clears throat> Absolutely, and then the people you mentioned, Adi and Ugo and Nicole, and it also applies, of course, to Josefina and Erica. These are people that stay in the background. Even though they're doing incredible things, they're not bringing attention to themselves. There's people that even pay the news services so that they write stories about them. I mean, that's about as low as it can get. These are people that let their action speak for themselves. And you see that from the reception from the community. That's very, very powerful. This beautiful mural that you have behind you. Uh, and when we were down in San Quentin with Fidel and his family and, and the, the, the farm workers down there, um, you know, well, you know, it's right behind you, but the person behind you actually has a mask. You know, he has a mask on and that has nothing to do with the virus because this was painted way before the virus even existed. 
And our solidarity with the Zapatistas goes as far as when we were at Playas de Tijuana not too long ago, that we met with, with uh, Emiliano Zapata's great-grandson, Edgar, and he's joining us. So with Gente Unida, United People, the coalition continues to build. The co coalition continues to build. So speaking of the mural behind you, Juan, Fidel, who's an organizer there for the, uh, the, the workers in the fields, we have, we have a, a petition on his behalf. We wanna build a daycare center for the children, the Oaxacan, predominantly Oaxacan children that are there that need some place to go while their parents work in the fields right there in, in, in San Quentin. Because these farm workers that we see throughout the world, throughout the world, they're also right there in San Quentin, four and a half hours south of the San Diego-Tijuana border, and we wanna help support them. So we will have information on that, how you could support that. And, uh, and then maybe some of the people that are watching can join us on one of our caravans when we go down to San Quentin once again. Recently, well, Mario Torero was working on another one of his murals, refurbishing a mural uh, here in San Diego, uh, in Southeast San Diego. It's a kitty corner from Christ the King Catholic Church. So we met with a pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Thomas Jennings, affectionately known as TJ. And he was, he was saying, oh, thank you so much for coming out here and refurbishing the mural. And we said, we want to do so much more here in the community, in this part of town. And he goes, let me know how I can help you. And that's what's happening. Because immediately, like I've known the pastor for some time. My oldest brother actually used to do volunteer work there. And, uh, and then I've known Father TJ for a long time. But he knows the, re the reality of who we are by our actions. And he knew who Mario was from his reputation. So for them to actually meet that, that day was fantastic. And that's the spirit of Gente Unida, bringing people together for a common good. You know, working, you know, because everybody was in their own right, uh, like we said, the all-star legendary uh, board of directors members, in their own right, they're doing fantastic things. But as a group, we can do a lot more. We can do a lot more using the contacts uh, and, and, and people's, other people's attributes. And that's why we want to expand um, with an advisory board like I've had before and other organizations and we're doing that right now. And then formalizing the organization by having uh, a president, a vice president, et cetera, et cetera, which is something that we're working on. So we encourage people that are listening to the podcast, if they're interested, contact us. We wanna be as, as transparent as possible. We are always looking for help and support. We have these beautiful t-shirts like that I have on but it'll look a lot better than you on, on, on people watching this than it does on me. <coughs> Excuse me. But we have, uh, you know, we're doing an all out effort to promote the fact that love has no borders. Love has no borders. And our emphasis on the migrant children, and we want to thank the, uh, the uh, Antis Sewing Club because they've come up with these wonderful masks. And here's one of them. They have these wonderful masks that they've been donating to Gentonida so that we can take them down to the, uh, to the children at the shelters in Tijuana, as other people are also donating uh, uh, food and, and, and items. But just this past uh, week, I took some to our dear friend, Mari Cookie, so she could take down to Tijuana. She's doing a lot better. As we know, she had a, a health scare. 
Uh, so, so stay tuned because we are continuing with our caravans of love. Eventually, they will build up to what they were uh, last year when we had up to 35, 40 cars. Uh, but we're going to be doing it little by little. And then people contact us. We're going to go down there tomorrow or in a couple of days. That way we can get the proper uh, permit so that people can go down to, to the Tijuana. So Juan, you got your hands full. This, you're teaching. You're on the board for Gente Unida. You're a candidate for the presidency of the board. Uh, you're the day labor. All of these various things that you're doing. Uh, one of the things that I like to ask our guests, and, it's, and it goes along with who we are as people. When I ask somebody what the definition or what this means to them, I'd like to hear your response. To Juan Rosas, what is love? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's, um, it, it, it's different, different things. I mean, one, one, you know, coming, you know, as, here as a father and husband, that, that would be one. But the other thing is, you know, just, um, you know, going out, going out and, and helping the community, you know, it had been almost, uh, I'm going on, going on four months since we had been to Tijuana or since I had been to Tijuana. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, my wife and I, we've said, you know, it's, we, it's not just the, fa uh, the friends that we have encountered and befriended there in Tijuana, whether it, it be people, uh, whether it be Hugo in Tijuana or Maricuki, um, uh, even the, you know, our deported veterans as well. But, you know, these friends are our family. Uh, and to us, you know, when, when something is, is going on with any of them, you know, it, it, it affects us, you know, and that effect that, that causes that we get, you know, that negative effect sometimes because something's going on with them, whether it, might, it be health-wise, whether it be, you know, that they need something at, at a shelter or, 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 or at their um, organization that they help out of, you know, we, that feeling that we get, you know, that's, that's the love that, that I think is affecting me. You know, that's the love that we have for them. That's why, you know, our, um, we are inclined that I'm speaking for my wife as well. We're inclined to just like, oh, how can we help? You know, uh, in the last couple of months, we weren't able to go because of, uh, of, of COVID-19, but we were able to, to help out by either sending some money or, or by taking donations somewhere else locally. And, um, you know, we, and it's a, a good feeling because, you know, that, that's the love that I feel um, that, that, I, that I have towards the people that we help or that I help out. You know, if, I, if I'm just sitting around not doing anything, you know, I feel like I can't. I feel like useless, you know, for a while then. So it's not until we're, we're out there or like just um, um, a, couple, a couple weeks ago, I, for example, you know, we know that Perla, Perla, who's one of our, um, uh, uh, who's the lady, who's one of our ladies there at Sagrado Corazon shelter, you know, she needed um, a thermometer, one of those um, special thermometers, you know, and so we were able to, to help her out, you know, we, we were able to send some money to, um, to someone out there that we know uh, was able to buy her that thermometer that's needed because she is she during the daytime she works as a nurse, 
you know, she works out, you know, doing temperature checks, um, diabetes checks, and that's how she goes by and, you know, getting her um, a little bit of wage or money in order to help out the people, you know, that, that is at her shelter. And so love for me is helping out, you know, just giving, uh, it doesn't have to be money. I mean, it could, it could be just even being there, um, being there just to listen. You know, there have been many times where we just sit and listen to, to people at the shelters, migrants at the shelters. And, and there's been times where, you know, just listening to them um, is, is, is a good thing because, you know, it's not just them saying, you know, or being stuck there and not, you know, feeling just helpless all the time. But, you know, hey, at least they know that there's someone else there that, um, that is there for them. Absolutely. Well said. Love is an action, not just a word. And that's something you've always demonstrated, whether it was with Perla or uh, Pastor Sara that was with us a couple of weeks ago, or the, or the dozen shelter leaders that joined us at Playa de Tijuana at Hugo's Calling. That was very powerful, plus organizations that came from Mexicali, mm -hmm. from other parts of Mexico, from Southern California. That was very powerful, and that's what Hentonita is all about. And then, of course, with Esperanza and Embajada Migrante, the warmness that they received us when we were there a few weeks ago. And uh, that's what love's all about, because it's, it's a sense. You see the sincerity. You see when there's when it's not sincere by certain groups or people and when it is sincere and it's the reaction from the people. You know, when they, uh, they, you know, they have a situation that comes up, they know they can count on us. And we know that you, we can count on you, Juan. So Juan, uh, on behalf of, of uh, Sarah Bella, our producer, myself, Enrique Morones, uh, thank you very much for joining us on, on Buen Hombre. We wish you lots of continued success. We will continue to be working together to make this a better world for all, because what's going to make the biggest difference in the world is, of course, love. And, uh, and uh, amor si se puede. Muchísimas gracias. Que Dios te bendiga. And thanks for all your work. Well, thank thank you. you all. And stay tuned for another podcast of Buen Hombre Magnificent. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you all once again. Stay tuned to Buen Hombre, Magnificent Mujer on the various services for podcasts, as well as the website, buenhombre.org, magnificentmujer.org. Muchas gracias.